Hey, Revelation Wellness community, thank you for joining us today on the Revelation Wellness Podcast for another episode of Revving the Word with our host, Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness. Elisa is sharing part five on the parables of Jesus, and today she'll be coaching us through an endurance workout as she teaches on the parable of the unforgiving servant found in Matthew 18. This episode is for you if you found yourself struggling with places of unforgiveness in your heart. This episode will not only make space for more of God, but it will encourage us in the best of ways. By the way, talking about encouragement, can we just tell you how excited we are that this is our 700th episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. We are so thankful for our listeners who make this podcast possible, and we want you to know that your reviews are so valuable to us. Ma Burton 916 shared how this podcast has changed her life and brought her closer to Christ. She's now a fitness teacher, gospel preacher, leading others into this freedom fighting community. Thank you so much, Ma Burton 916, for telling us how Revelation Wellness has impacted you. And because you took the time to write this review, we have a gift for you from the Revelation Wellness store. Speaking of being a fitness teacher, gospel preacher, if you want to learn how to lead others into freedom, signups are happening now for Platoon 29 Instructor Training. Get on mission with us through Revelation Wellness Instructor Training and help us spread the news of freedom for our bodies and our souls and our spirits, our whole self. This is for you, even if you don't think you will ever teach a fitness class. All the details are in the show notes, and you can swipe up to download a packet today and learn more. We hope you enjoyed the episode today, and be sure to connect with us soon in all the places. We'll see you soon. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, lay. Okay, good day. I have to assume it's day and not night, (laughs) unless you are moving your body at night. Good that you're moving. I'm glad to be with you. I'm Elisa, founder of Revelation Wellness, the creator of this podcast, over six years ago. I don't even know what episode this is. I know we're coming in on episode 700. Well, that's a good time. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being willing to work out your salvation. Not just be saved, but have a salvation that is being worked out as God works out of you things that don't belong, because let's just own it. We collect trash, (laughs) don't we? Yeah. So we've been going through some stories that Jesus would tell. Parables. And today, we're gonna talk about 
a story Jesus told about an unforgiving servant. Oh boy. So if you have a hard heart towards somebody, if you're having a tr- if you're having trouble with somebody, don't stop this episode. Don't pause. Take a breath now. Inhale, everyone. Exhale. Do another one if you need to. Soften, soften, soften. God is for you, not against you. And even with the people that seem against you, God is doing something for you. So let's bring our thoughts up higher. Higher ways. Higher thoughts. Lift your head. So God, we are grateful people that when we think we know the story, when we reach the end of ourselves, there's more of you. So we're here today for more of you, God. Not for a workout to get more calorie burn or to try and change our body to fit some mold that the world has told us our body should fit. Now, God, we're here to be formed into your likeness, to look more like ourselves on the other side of 40 minutes. So come, work on us. We love you. We trust you. Even when it doesn't feel good, we trust you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, So here's our verse, Matthew 18, starting in verse 21. Right now, just be comfortably moving, but you're moving. This is not leisurely, and it's also not painful, okay? Scale of one to 10, be a five to a seven. Stay in your body, breathe. Breathe through your nose. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, 
he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Let's keep a pause of the music. Keep it. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Start the music now. Okay. This is a big one today, yeah. Let's get back a little context. <laughs> the disciples earlier had just come to Jesus and asked, who is the Why greatest? <laughs> Who's the greatest? And then Jesus pulls a child into the story to show them who the greatest is. And then goes on to say, go after the temptation to sin. So he's equating this prideful question with sin and woe to anyone who causes a child to sin and that we enter the kingdom like a child and and when our, our brother sins against us, what we are to do. Right, it's a good question. What are we to do? <laughs> keep a ledger, keep score. Jesus talks to them about Whatever they find in heaven is bound, and whatever we loosen on earth is loosened. And wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there he is. And then he goes into this parable. And it came off of Peter's question again. Okay, yeah, well, if our brother sins against us, then Peter wants some specifics. If my brother sins against me, how often do I have to forgive him? Jesus says, not just seven times, but 77 times, not 77 times, but 70 times seven, right? There is a plethora of reasons right now that you could take offense. Anyone, how you feeling about social media lately? Even just media, doesn't even have to be a, you, you can not have a Instagram or a phone, but if you're watching the news, huh, listen to me. The world is not filled with angry people, but hurting people. Keyboard warriors, a safe place for the fighters and the flighters to be. 
right? Because when we are offended, we take offense. We either fight or run away or freeze, do absolutely nothing because we're overwhelmed. There's also another F called fawn, which means you'll do whatever it takes to maintain the relationship. Which one do you do? On a scale of one to 10 right now, an intensity and effort, I want you to be a good solid seven. See, the fighters can use their voice on a massive scale with a keyboard. <laughs> and the flighters, they can say something and not have to be seen. There's a lot of hurt in the world right now, which means a lot of opportunity to take offense, to pull back, to hold weapons. And I'm telling you, the gospel holds itself together in tension. Yes, we are to fight. Yes, we are to stand firm. Yes, we are to put on armor. But it's not like the world. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet readied with the gospel of peace, the spirit of the sword, the word of God in one hand, and a shield of faith. In this parable, Jesus is dressing the disciples in their new clothing. Forgiveness. How many times, God? 70 times seven. Accelerate to an eight. that the world needs compassionate and empathetic followers of Jesus. People who point other people towards Jesus, who is the way, who is the truth and the life. People who are willing to lay their own lives down for a friend who might currently look like their enemy. Stay an eight. If possible, stay an eight. How do you know you're an eight? You can't close your mouth to breathe. You continue to breathe through your nose, but you gotta open your mouth and out it goes. And after about three nostril breaths, you gotta take one through the mouth. Come on. The parable of the unforgiving servant is a cautionary story of how blind we can be. Just a few verses prior, Jesus talks about how if our eye causes us to sin, cut it out. Let us be clear. Jesus was definitive regarding sin. Stay in eight. When we were sinners, 
we were far off from God. Mercy, grace, and forgiveness was what we needed from God. Not a lecture. Lectures can't reach the heart like a radical act of kindness. Friends, the days of tell and no show are over. We must be people who show and tell. Our ability to give away forgiveness to others who have hurt us is the high point, watermark, evidence that the kingdom of God lives in us. Come on. I'm just going to let you sit with that for a bit because I know, I know. Some of you here, you say you've forgiven, but you secretly hold. And you know what? You don't even mean to, but your mind, you have thought patterns you've developed since your youth because nobody protected you, fought for you. You've had to fight for yourself and you've had to stay safe. And listen, there's a, there's a grace in that you're here, but it is time to move into the kingdom. So I'm going to go quiet and I just want you to talk with the Lord about your fears of forgiving, about the justice you're holding on to so the kingdom can move on in. Stay in eight, breathe. It's not comfortable. I'm doing it on purpose. It's doable, but it's not comfortable. Hello, forgiveness. Pull back. Friends, Jesus is equating the kingdom of heaven. Remember, that's why he came. He came to show us a kingdom we have never known, but always longed for. The kingdom we were made for. And in all his parables, he's teaching us something. He's telling us a story, like a bedtime story of the what we think make-believe kingdom is, but it's actually a kingdom where we make belief, not believe, belief. Your belief, your faith gets built up in the kingdom of God. And he came so you and I could reside as citizens, sons and daughters of a kingdom that wants to make its way here on earth. And you know how a kingdom, God's kingdom, gets obstructed through prideful hearts. Prideful hearts, and again, pride, it's just the scars of pain. 
So have empathy, have mercy on people because you too have come out of that same walk of darkness. Forgiveness is freedom. We're big on that here in this ministry, Revelation Wellness. Forgiveness is freedom. You wanna be free? You got a clean house. You gotta let go of the white knuckling, holding on to injustices, people who have done you wrong. Let go, it's too heavy. You play a terrible God. God sets us free, God sets us free so we can set others free. Leave the score keeping and judgment making to God. Jesus is going to compare the kingdom of heaven to a forgiving or an unforgiving servant. You choose. Unforgiving servants, people who are practice unforgiveness, end up in a prison for life. Paying a debt they will never pay. They can never pay it. There is no end to your ability to forgive. Burn the scorecard. Listen to me. Look at me in the eye right now. You know that thing you hold? You covet the list you read over and over, the story you tell yourself over and over, burn it. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to need to think. New thoughts. Come on. Accelerate. Eight. Push. <laughs> Come on. The kingdom cannot flow if you're not willing to let go. Whoa. Come on. You want to drink from his river of delights? Take a knee. Kneel down. Put your face in the river. Forgive, friends. Forgive. This is a story of forgiveness. Go back. The word that Jesus and Peter used for forgive is a fiamme. Forgive means to send away, let go, let alone, let be, give up, not to hinder. Accelerate. Eight. If you want to hinder the kingdom, your freedom, be unforgiving. Hold on to your rights and lose your freedom. Come on, come on. Listen, this does not mean that the people of God don't fight for justice. Accelerate eight. 
Nein! It just means we are content. There's a deep contentment. And the world will say, stop being so passive. And we're like, man, I'm just, I just can't get caught up in the traps of trying to have a hard heart to pick a battle side. Forgive, release people and preach the gospel. <laughs> you want to know how you preach the gospel? Have a peace beyond all understanding. A real peace. Not a passive one. You're a peacemaker. Be a nine if you want it. If it's fun. If you just want to be silly. Three, two, one. Pull back. Settle into a seven. You can breathe through your nose. Come on. Take some breath. Remember, don't be a mouth breather. Nostrils. Cleanse. When you breathe through your nose that way, fire up that parasympathetic nervous system. Rest and digest. Even while you're working, you can maintain a state of rest. And when you close your mouth to breathe, your tongue rests in its proper place. Right in the cave. That little, the palate of the top teeth. All right, forgive. A story of unforgiveness. The kingdom of heaven and forgiving may be compared to, because this is the context, because Peter's asking about how many times do I forgive? Jesus says 70 times seven, and then goes to tell this story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle account with his servants. Point one, a king who has servants. Which one are you? <laughs> I know I'm not the king in this story. <laughs> I know I'm the servant, right? When someone tells a story, you're quick to put yourself in it. So the kingdom can be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. Point two, the servants owe the king something. Be an eight. Come on. Yeah. Servants owe the king. And it is a debt they could never pay. In this story, Jesus uses the example of a servant who owes the king 10,000 talents. Be an eight. 
10,000 talents. Listen to me. One talent was worth 20 years of work. 10,000 talents times 20 years mean, or times 20, sorry, 10,000 talents times 20 years of work. The average person in Jesus' life lived to be about 50 to 60. On the high side, this debt would be worth, you ready for this? 166 lifetimes. Can you pay that? Anyone? Let me know. Email me, Elisa at Revelation Wellness. If you can pay a debt of 166 lifetimes, and I'm going to know how. Yeah. We owe God our life times life times life times life times life. But He promises us eternal life in exchange for our yes. Come on. Pull back to a seven. Yes, life is rough now, but life without pain and suffering is coming. An eternal life. Friends, this is a good deal. Come on. And since the man could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Come on, again, 166 lifetimes. The king's saying, you owe me at least 166 lifetimes. What, you can't pay that? Okay, well, you gotta go. You and your family and everything you had. Come on, this king is saying, I own all that. You know that house, that car, that job, those kids, even that perceived problem? Yeah, that's mine too. Oh, you're not gonna pay me? You're not gonna give me your attention, your affection? Well, away with you. You're out of here. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. The king had the right to sell this man and his family into slavery or put him in prison. But the servant collapsed. Via seven fell to his knees, imploring the king for mercy. Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Come on. We see a real moment here. 
This man was chopped off at the knees. This got him. We gotta assume. I just think life works better when we assume the best. But this servant, he just didn't know. He's just prideful because he's been hurt. Because he's lived afraid. And he finds himself luckily in the service of this king. But he owes him stuff. He owes the king. See now, even just that, a lot of people get offended. What do you mean we owe God something? God owes us something. Doesn't he see all this pain? Doesn't he see all these problems? It's his fault. God owes us something. You know what? Who gives man life? Who created the world? Change your thinking. We do owe him everything. We owe him everything. He's the author of life. So this cuts to the quick for this prideful servant and he falls to his knees, imploring him, begging him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. kind of interesting though the first part the first part of this sentence have patience with me yeah please God have patience with me but then the man says and I will pay you everything <laughs> we can't pay God everything do you understand he paid a debt we can never pay 177 lifetimes I could never pay it back so we still see some evidence of delusional pride in this man but the king sees the first four words have patience with me and out of pity for him the king releases the servant and forgives him the debt. Forgives him the debt. Doesn't say, I'll give you more time. No, he clears the debt. Just those four words of mercy, have patience with me. Again, those back six words, and I will pay you everything. Well, listen, a smoldering wick, God does not put out. He is compassionate. He is merciful. If he sees evidence of a humble heart, he runs towards it. He runs, he extends himself, he leans in. So the king responds to this man's need for mercy, not his business acumen, because this man could never pay what was being asked of him. We got a couple songs, cool down. Right? And I will pay you everything. No. You'll never be able to pay me everything. But out of pity, mercy, he releases the man and forgives him the debt. This man could never pay what was being asked of him. But out of pity, 
the king releases him. Listen to me. We are to forgive others like this. They cannot pay you back. Y'all, I remember when my marriage was in the hardest time and then transitioning into a healing time, my heart was scathed. Man, put my heart, tie it to the back of a semi-truck, drag it down asphalt, being freshly laid on a hot summer's day. And that's how my heart felt. Even though my marriage was being restored, God was having mercy on my husband. And our marriage was gonna get to start over. But I had a lot of hurt. And I remember, I just could not trust. I was so afraid. I had been programmed in my mind to believe that my husband was the enemy. And I needed my husband to say certain things over and over, like I needed him. And the truth is, he couldn't say the words to make me feel free. There wouldn't be enough repentance or perfect phrases that he would, could say to put my heart to ease. Uh-uh. He could not repay me. There's no phrase, there's nothing he could do. And that's what true forgiveness is. I'm just gonna let it go. And trust me on this, over and over, 70 times 70,000, I had to release. We are to forgive others like this. We don't forgive and hand them a formula and say, if you do these things, then you hold my forgiveness. But if you slip up, I'm retracting this deal. <laughs> That's not how our king works. And here's the truth. Like I said, this man still has some pride in him because he should have recognized that it's a debt he could never pay. And again, like my husband knew, I don't think I will ever be able to repay. Like, I can't say the words. And, and God was working on his heart. He was going to take time for empathy. And y'all, to this day, we've been about, about 12, 13 years restored. I still don't think my husband knows the amount of pain that I walked through. The, honestly, the rebellion he had against God. I don't, but see, that's not my account to keep. I gotta wash my husband in the word. I gotta give and serve the kingdom so that he would be set free and know the goodness of this king. If I hold him ransom, then I'm playing God. And that's a terrible representation of the kingdom. The king is wildly merciful and foolish with his love. It makes no sense 
the king responds to humility. Say it with me. The king responds to my humility. The king lends himself to me in my humility. The kingdom is near the humble. And the truth be told, humble people are right thinking. The way up is down. Big is small. People who live ungrateful and unmerciful are terrible account keepers. How do we know that? Because we see this man was forgiven, but there was still pride. Because when this same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is equal to a hundred days of wages. <laughs> Not 166 lifetimes, just a hundred day wages. This you could repay. He found a fellow servant, not a slave, a peer, an equal, who owed him a hundred denarii. <laughs> and he didn't even ask the guy for the money. He just started choking him. He just attacked him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. Same sentence, but this man refused and put this guy in prison until he could pay the debt. Come on, guys. We got to be able to look at our hearts. People who live ungrateful and unmerciful, they're terrible account keepers. This forgiven man, this forgiven man of a debt he could never pay was demanding something from another who they could pay. And yet he had no mercy on him. We are to give to others what we have received. If you don't meditate on what you've received from God, you won't be ready and able to give away to others in need. You have a blocked artery in your heart in which the blood of Jesus can't flow through. This man refused to give this pleading man mercy. And so he throws him in prison. And his fellow servants saw what had taken place. They were greatly distressed. And they took to social media and told on their friend, no! When they saw this injustice by their peer, they were distressed and they went and reported to the king, the master, all that had taken place. This is a note for us. Listen, there was injustice. They were mad, but they went and told the king. They didn't form a Facebook page. 
a gang movement, start a coup, storm the Capitol. No. They went and told the king. Prayer. Talk to God. Because to be alive is to be offended. You will get hurt. You will witness injustice. Someone will do you dirty. But if you don't live with the knowledge that you've been forgiven much, you will be a goat in sheep's clothing, weeds in a field of wheat. We are dangerous to the king's kingdom. And like criminals who commit crimes against humanity, you would be needing to be under lock and key if you can't forgive. Unforgiving people are dangerous to the king's kingdom. Forgive. Forgive from the heart. That's what Jesus goes on to say. The master summons this unforgiving servant and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Notice, not because you said you would pay me back everything because you never can, you idiot. <laughs> he didn't say that. But he says to this man, my motives were attracted to your, your plea, your need for mercy. Verse 33, and should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master, the king, delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive forgive your brother from your heart come on come on thank you God get after our hearts so we can live like people who forgive from our hearts you have given us more than we can ask or imagine may we live in that abundant mindset and be gracious and merciful to all in need. In Jesus' name, amen.